Hello, everybody. How are we today? Good, 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 good. I am uh, excited to have everyone here. Uh, we are finishing up our series today uh, that we've been going through called Legacy. And um, if you are new to this conversation, um, you'll have to definitely go back and check out some of our podcasts. Um, what this series has been really all about is the idea that somehow God from birth wired in us uh, the, the want, the desire, and the ability to, to have impact, to make a difference. In fact, uh, we said a couple weeks ago, uh, even our secular psychologists uh, did study studies and figured out that one of our greatest needs and the thing that brings us the, the most joy in our life is when we give our life away to somebody else. And so um, excited about where this series has taken us. Uh, before we dive into this conversation, this is kind of a setup for next week. Um, is that better? I am so ignorant when it comes to technology. I could tell it was not sounding right, and I was just talking louder and louder. Like, just keep going. Just talk louder. All right, well, that's a good, good setup, right? Um, so before we dive into our conversation as we finish out Legacy this week, that was really funny. You guys really liked that on the front row. All my, all my closest friends and staffers laughing the loudest. Um, this week's a setup for next week. Um, essentially, uh, because we're dreaming about God doing something awesome next week through all of our friends and guests and visitors who will show up. So what we have done, if you did not know or walked in late, uh, we're doing an ugly sweater Christmas. All right, so the goal is we'll look ridiculous and ugly so our friends will feel cool and normal. All right, uh, last hour, uh, prior to the service of last hour, I had um, one of our leading families of our church, very engaged. In fact, they're on our strategy team. Uh, they called and said, hey, Jeff, is today the week we're doing ugly sweater? I was like, no, dude, it's next week. He's like, you're kidding me. We're halfway here. He's like, my wife's got me this daggum sweater that matches hers. I'm like, just come on. He's like, no way, dude. So they turned around, changed, came back. But on your way out today, to help just, you know, have fun with this, on your way out, we've got a postcard out here that you can stick your face in and take a photo and then send it however you want to uh, through whatever your technology uh, is, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you want to hashtag come ugly to my church, okay? All right, that's how we're rolling next week. So use that, invite your friends. Next week we're going to go all out. Uh, it's going to be a week that you want to have a guest, you want to have a friend here. We're going to do everything possible we, we possibly can to make them feel warm and invited. All right, so that's next week. This week we're kind of finishing up this series as we have kind of gotten real personal as a church family talking about us making a difference in the world. And as we are making a different difference, that is what essentially brings us joy and satisfaction. If you've ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he talked through that and explained that we have these five basic needs. You know, it's, it's air, it's food, it's shelter. And he talked to the last five. I think he added one on at the end. It was the sixth. But those are the ones that bring us the most, like, internal satisfaction. And the last one was just that. When you and I, if we can get to the place in our life uh, to understand 
when we don't serve ourselves, but we serve other people, other things, other places, that is essentially how we are most satisfied when we're most fulfilled. God knew this. And so today what I want to do is I, wanted, I just want to help us grasp how, how we're playing a role in all this, whether we know it or not. In fact, I want to show you this. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says this, God is building a home. All right, some of us need help with that right now. You're parents, and you're going, I could use help with God building my house. I have kids, right? I have three of them at my house. We, we oftentimes lay in bed at night uh, asking ourselves all types of questions about our parenting skills, what we're passing on, what we think we're passing on, what we think they're getting, and what we hope they're getting. But God says, I'm building a home. And he says, I'm using all of us irrespective of how we got here. Some of you guys, you're new to this church. You've been coming for a couple weeks. You're kicking tires. Some of you guys have been here for years. What I hope to do, and I've hoped to have done in this series, is for you and I to see ourselves in the story that God is writing. Not just some faraway story about some other person, but how God's writing a personal story with you and I in this story and what he wants to do through us. So he's building a house. He's building a building. And he's using, or he has used the apostles and used the prophets for the initial foundation. But that was then. Here's now. Now he is using you. He is using you. And fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. He's talking about the church, right? The church is just an assembly, not not necessarily in a building, doesn't even have to be in a building. The church is you and I who have bowed the knee or believed in or received Jesus knowing that he is our Savior. We're called the church. We're, we're God's people. God is writing a, a big-time, expansive story trying to win the hearts and woo every person back to himself. In fact, our mission statement here is helping people find their way back to God. In the last six years, there has been hundreds. We even now know there's been over 2,000 people that have bowed the knee and made Jesus leader and forgiver of their life through this church. I mean, that's phenomenal. So God's writing this awesome story. God's doing something, and he wants to, wants to leverage your story, my story, wants to leverage our stories to help change other people's forevers. But it's not just about somebody else. It's about us. God wants to use us, and as he's doing that, he wants to grow us. He wants to change us. He wants to challenge us. But this morning, my hope is that you will see yourself in the picture of what God's doing. It matters, just like it matters that we've had so many people give their life to Christ. In fact, uh, I, I would say... The last three years, I have gotten one of those phone calls several times where someone has called and said, I lost my wife. I lost my husband. I'm, I'm specifically giving you specific instances. I've lost my dad. That was just two weeks ago. I've lost, I've lost my son. And what's so crazy is, you know, we go, we've gone all in for our Easter services, right? And we, we've had so many people over the years tell us, Y'all, should, you don't have the funds to launch a church like you want to launch. Um, you don't have the funds to try to build a building. You don't have the funds to be able to try to go multi-site and have multiple campuses. You don't have the funds to be able to pull off Easter. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. And I'm thinking, 
about these stories and these people who've called and said, Jeff, do you know that I lost my mom, but do you know she got saved on Easter last year? Jeff, do you know I, I lost my husband, but he got saved on Easter two years ago? Jeff, do you know I lost my wife in a car accident, but she got saved just weeks before at Easter? Just recently, I had a young man call and say, Jeff, I lost my dad, but last year I was saved on Easter, and I just got to lead my dad to Christ before he passed away two weeks ago. See, God, God, I'm telling you, God is doing something, not just in this church, but the church. And he wants us to see our lives, our growth, our family's growth, and the impact we could have if we could have the perspective and knowledge that God wants to grow us and change us and leverage our stories, our lives, our junk, our insecurities, our fears for other people's forever. So, so what we do around here matters for all of eternity. It just matters. Luke 19.10 says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Do you know when God was ready to seek and to save what he deemed was lostness or disconnected from him or people that did not know him? Do you know what he did when he was ready to go come to this earth and seek out people who were far from him? He did it by giving himself. He did it by giving a gift. Now, this morning, the, the conversation that I want to bring in terms of leaving a legacy turns the corner to something that is very personal to me. I believe with all my heart, if I had one value to talk to my children about as it pertains to kids, I want you to make a difference in this life. I want you to know God. I want you to experience Him. The value that I would want to pass on to my kids would be the value of teaching them how to be generous. Now, some of you know today, we are, we're, we've been emailing and talking to our church the last several weeks about closing this series out and ending this year out with an offering that we would raise a big chunk of money to help our church take some big steps forward. Now, that's, that's, that's not a sidebar, but it's for this morning's conversation, that is in the backdrop of this conversation. I don't want it to be in the backdrop of this conversation for those of you that are that are newbies around here, that are guests around here, I want you to just hear what I believe makes a difference for us and what challenges us and what changes us. But for those of you that count yourself a part of this church, I want you to really consider yourself a part of this conversation, what we're trying to do, and, and, and be on mission with us. My hope is that you would engage, but not for the point of today, one time, we get a big big bump in our offering, and then it's on, on to the rest of our lives, I want you to hear the rest of this conversation with this. Truthfully, if I was going to pass on one single value that I believe would lead my children, my kids, my family, to the benefits of what generosity brings, I would want to teach them generosity. Why? Let me tell you why. Because... I think the top two benefits, the number one or the number two I'm going to start with, and then the number one reason why I would want to pass on generosity is, the, is like the paramount value to my kids is, number one, I believe it builds our trust. It builds our trust. It builds our faith. 
But the Bible tells us, Scripture tells us, and this is, I feel like, what God wants us as human beings, uh, people to get. God wants us to have faith and trust in Him. When it comes to generosity, you and I, we already innately know. When it comes to our money, we can be high or we can be low based on how much we have, right? If it's, if it's there, if it's not, God wants to use money as a means to grow our faith. He wants us to get to a place where we emphatically trust Him. So when I say, I want my kids to learn generosity, it's not so much because I want my kids to like, you know, just uh, have some piece of paper or a check or their credit card and just be givers. I mean, there's a cr- tremendous value in that, right? I mean, it helps us not be stingy. It helps us not think about, our, about ourselves. It keeps our, our head straight. But the biggest value in this, I want my kids to know Jesus. I want them to know God. And the more I can challenge my kids and model to my family and us model to anybody else that God can be trusted, the more we get to know God because we've stepped out there and trusted Him by faith. So when it comes to our church, when it comes to us, oftentimes we will challenge our church to to step out a little bit, to trust God by faith. Why? Because essentially it makes us or challenges us to do something that we wouldn't normally do to get us to a place where I'm saying, okay, God, I'm a little scared about doing this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out a little bit out of my comfort zone. I'm going to try to be generous today, or I'm going to try to be generous this month, or try to be generous more next year, so that, in order that, we know God more. Let me, let me show you this scripture. In Luke 16, 10, it says, Whoever can be trusted, here's the word trust, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted Excuse me. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. See, it is easy for you and I to, to lay back on this conversation. It's just easy. I mean, seriously, you, you guys can just depart. I mean, no one's holding anyone back. I mean, someone can get tired of this conversation right now and be out. You can go home and forget this conversation. But it's hard to pass up Scripture that's in red that are God's words that says, essentially, I want you to learn to trust me. And if you will learn to place your stuff as the stuff that I want to use to grow your faith, if you'll trust in me, that what I'm going to do is show you that I'm trustworthy. What does God want to do for us? He wants us to grow in our faith to Him. God does not... Hear me say this. God does not need our money. He does not need our money. God is the author and finisher of life. He can turn it on. He can turn it off. He can make stuff happen. He can make stuff not happen. God does not need our money. God wants our hearts. So I know we're going to end with an offering today. Some of you guys will go online. You'll give. Some of you will write a check. Not many people do that anymore. People give Uh, way outside of what goes on around this service. But however you exit today, I want us to know that God wants us to trust Him. One of the greatest ways for us to learn to trust Him is by stepping out there and being generous. Being generous. The second, let me give you this verse. Here's, Here's a promise that attaches itself 
to this conversation. 2 Corinthians 9, 10, 11 says this. Now he who supplies, which we know who he is, that's God, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, basically our essentials, will also supply beyond that, also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now, if you've heard me say many times before, I am so against, you know, not naming any names, but just generally TV preachers who try to conjure up uh, God as a genie in a bottle, right? If you do this, God will do this for you, right? I'm totally against that. However, you, can, we, you and I cannot deny this verse. It goes on to say this. You, if, if you'll trust in God and be generous with what God is doing, right? This is the promise. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, you and I, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. What is that saying? It's saying this, God wants to increase the standard of your living so he can increase the standard of your giving. So God wants you to go, okay, God, so you're telling me you want me to trust you. And you're telling me essentially through your word that if I'll learn to be generous, you're going to show me that you can be trusted by blessing me back. Yes, not so that you can just get rich and we just hoard it to ourselves. That kind of takes the whole model of what Jesus came as a sacrifice. He wants to model sacrifice. He wants to model generosity, not because Jesus got something in it for return, but that we would get something in return and we and others would get something in return. So essentially, God wants to grow what we've got so we can bless others. So when God looks around, I believe this scripture says when God's looking around for who he wants to kind of just bless back, he wants to bless those who are going to be a blessing to others. And he'll continue to replenish and replenish and replenish and replenish. And as he does that, guess what happens to our faith? It grows. Every time my wife and I have been in these shoes, and we had a conversation last night, hey, um, so we're, we're challenging the church tomorrow, right? So what are we going to do? And I'll make, I'm going to make fun of that in that conversation in just a minute. What are we going to do? We, we're in the same boat as you. We're, we're, we're talking about our kids' Christmas and, you know, presents and don't want them to get too much. Sorry, Ashley, on the front row. Uh, we don't want them to get too much because we don't want them to, you know, to feel like life is just handed to them. But we want to bless them because we're good parents. We want to bless them. But we want to also teach them that it's not all about us because we know essentially that's what's going to make them happier. So the reason to be generous, number one, it builds trust. Number two, but really the, the number one reason, the number one, hands down, why we should learn, step out there by faith and be generous, number one reason is it builds our love. It builds our love. Let me show you this verse. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. Love is known by things that cost. Let me explain it like this. Men, how many of you would say you love your wives? Please raise your hand. Okay. If you did not, you are uh, wishing you probably had. You love your wives. 
it's often proved by how much they cost, right? We're expensive. The people and the things you love cost, right? And whatever's valuable to you, you give money towards. How many of you guys have kids? My wife and I will lay in bed and we'll get our, give ourselves a migraine thinking about all the money that goes to our kids. I mean, we, we can't even fathom like sports. Oh, my gosh. It's like we're paying college tuition right now for our sports. We, they, better be, they better get scholarships off what they're doing now because there won't be anything there later, right? But whatever we love costs. And whatever we value, that's what we give towards. We do what we do, and we sacrifice for the things we sacrifice because we love whatever it is. Now, um, you remember uh, three years ago, we, we were going round and round and round as a family about getting another dog. And my family all wanted a lap dog. I was anti-lap dog. So because I was the predominant, like, family member that had animals growing up, I felt like I need, I need to help guide my family through this process and convince them that we did not want a rat, I mean a, a, a lap dog, okay, <laughs> as a pet. And so I, I tried to, you know, secretly talk to each child and, like, show them pictures of, like, you know, we could get a, a cool, nice, smaller, fluffy dog that was, like, this awesome, like, hunting dog where, you know, we could go bird hunting and we could do all these awesome things and it will retrieve and it will swim and it will do more than just sitting on someone's lap. Let me just ask... How many of you guys, you have pets you love? You love pets? How many of you guys, you love your dog? All right, can I give everybody like a little, like a, this would be awesome doing church, just bark. Just on the count of three, if you have a dog, I know we're in church, but it's, it's okay around my church. If you have a dog, can I just get like a who let the dog bark out on three? Ready? One, two, three. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, now here's the difference. How many of you guys have cats? I don't even know what to say about that. Like, can we get a cat meow or something? All right. but, but here's what's crazy. So we, we ended up getting this dog. And, and we, we shopped and, and thought and figured out what, we kind of, what kind of dog and all this kind of stuff. Well, we had a family, like, straight-up drama, like, like drama last year, like almost like a family fallout meltdown over this dog because, oh, yeah, that's Maddie. That's Maddie and my son, J.D. So Maddie, she's this beautiful Springer Spaniel. By the way, we have eight puppies we have to sell real soon. Um, that's a side note. But we had, like, the family meltdown last year when we found out after taking Maddie to the doctor and she had some major infection on her neck. So we took our dog to the doctor, and we came home and gave a report that night to my kids, and it was bad news, bad, bad news. Um, the, 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 I guess we had taken the dog twice to the doctor the first time they had missed why this big bulge on the dog's neck was there. And they figured out the this, this second or third time that we brought her there that it was because she was running through the woods and wood got stuck up in her throat. And because her fur, it closed up and no one noticed it. So they finally x-rayed and, you know, we were paying all this money out. And we're going, oh, my gosh, it's just a dog. But we love our dog. And so... So we came home that night, and the kids, you know, we're trying to ignore the conversation. But we knew the doctors had just said she may not make it through the night. 
she had gotten so infected, this thing was so bad, her whole body was infected, and you know how infections are these days, it's, it's the same thing in dogs, and so we came home that night, and the first thing the kids want to know is what's, you know, what's going to happen to Maddie, and, you know, we're trying to be parents and be honest, but not tell the whole truth, that's what parents all do, um, <laughs> and, and so the kids are like, you know, but, but you gotta, and you can't let, and you, you we gotta make sure Maddie lives, and, and we're, we're agreeing, we want Maddie to live, so the next morning, um, I was blown away at something my wife said. I'm heading one direction out of town, and Christy, sweet as she is, said, I'll take care of going back to the vet, and, and I'll, we'll, you know, I'll be on the phone. And So right as I leave to go out the door, she's headed to the door to go see about our dog, Maddie. She says the most appalling thing. She says, she whispers in my ear as we're walking out, she goes, how much? And I thought, are you kidding? I mean, the kids are freaking out. They're, 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 we're ha- we're, this could be like scarred for life, and you're asking me, like, how much are we willing to pay? What's worse is I was appalled that I had an answer. <laughs> I, mean, I, ha- I mean, it was like, <laughs> okay, that's it. I mean, and, and I know, please forgive me, the dog ended up being fine, all right? Last service, I forgot to say that, and everybody's like, <laughs> Dude, did, you, did the dog die or not? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I forgot. So, so, you know, so what's crazy is we had a number, right? We had a number. That number was attached to the value we had on our dog. Now, just flip the coin. Had it been one of our kids, Christy would not have said, what's the number? And I would not have had a number. You, 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 you know this well. When it comes to things you love, you will do whatever it takes. There's no amount of money that I would not do or give or sacrifice for my kids. Had it been one of my kids walking out or being carried out on a gurney or on a stretcher, I mean, we, we would have looked at each other and said, whatever it takes. No amount. No amount. Any amount. Whatever amount. Uh, we would have we sold cars. We would have sold our house. We would have taken the first or second, third, whatever, how many mortgages they let you take out. We would have lived under a bridge for the rest of our lives when it would come to our kids. Why? Because when it comes to love, the number does not matter. When it comes to love, the number does not matter. And when it comes to God building our trust and building our love, God uses generosity to do that. God will use generosity to grow your love to Him. Scripture says, some, this crazy verse, it says, wherever you give your money, it says your heart follows that. Is that not weird or jacked up? But you guys, just go, men, just give your wife the most incredible Christmas gift this year and see if you don't love her more. Women, do you like that idea? Right? Right? It's weird. Wherever your money goes, you're going to fall in love with that thing. We know this when, when it comes to guys, we're the worst about this. I mean... If you have a cool car and you keep on investing in it, investing in it, making it better, making it better. I mean, you see guys out there, they make commercials about this for guys, right? The, the guys like me, guys like you that just love your stuff. And I mean, we know how this works, but wherever your money goes, your heart will follow. God wants to grow our faith in Him, and He wants to grow our love of Him. And in, in the reverse sense, God wants to entrust to us more of his trust, and he wants to entrust to us more of his love 
And it all comes by way of this idea of being generous. And it's not just about being generous like with God's church and what he's doing in the world, but it does have the whole picture of what God's doing in the world and how he wants you to be generous all over the place. In your marriage, with your kids, not us absorbing everything for ourselves, but knowing that if we would be generous with our lifestyle, with our money, with our time, with our efforts, with our resources, we are benefited personally because of it. Remember, God wants to build your house. He wants to give you perspective of what he's doing in the world and bring you into the picture, bring you into the conversation so you understand you have a purpose in this life. That you're not just randomly going through life just making a paycheck and you know, spending it on whatever you spend it on. God wants to put us, write us, and give us an incredible purpose in this life. So if, as a pastor, it, it, my role, my hope, if I can get your faith to grow, and if I can get your love to grow, do you know what that means for us? That means there's no limit of what we can't do and what we can't accomplish. Do you realize that? Meaning, if your faith grows, the church's resources grow. We know that's not rocket science, and I hope you're not offended by that. But if, if your faith grows, then spiritually you grow. You know, you, if our faith grew and our love grew towards God, you equate that to what that would look like in your marriage. Equate that to what it would look like in your job, in your decisions, in your happiness, in your comfort, in your peace, in your joy. As a pastor, if I can get your faith to grow and your love to grow, there's no limit of what God can do in us and what he can do in this world. God wants to write a legacy through us. God wants us to continue to have story after story after story of people's lives being changed. Why? Because it matters. It matters for eternity. This world is not our home. And the sooner we can let that soak in, the more happy and peaceful and generous we can be. Real quick, personal story. Um, Christy and I were talking about this last night. We were sitting around, sitting around talking about this message, and we were, we were reminding ourselves of the years that we had been so responsible. Um, and, you know, a, a two-income-earning family for all of our years, you know, 35, 36 years old, 40 years old, you know, in a church plant in Atlanta and how we had saved our money. Like, we'd been wise and done what our parents had taught us and we'd listened to all the Dave Ramsey stuff. And we remember a particular time that we felt like God just nudged us and, and we, we wrestled through that nudge and felt like God was leading us in our, our church that we had started in Atlanta to liquidate all of our savings all of our checking and give it to God. We both felt that. I mean, it was a conversation. We, you know, like, you know, God, you know, we felt like I was saying it. And so we, 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 we were irresponsible, if you want to look at it like that. We kind of went all in, a little crazy, and gave all of our funds, every bit of them, to the church that I was pastoring, that we were a part of, that we helped start in Atlanta. And we were like, Big gulp, oh my gosh, what have we just done? But what's crazy is, is totally irresponsible as that sounds, a year later, 
our next door neighbor gave us his house. Just gave us his house. He didn't know anything about our generosity, but that passage came true for us. For us, our faith grew. For us, our love grew. For us, we're like, oh my gosh, God just showed off in our life. And I'm not, that's, I don't, I don't know what God does in your life. I've heard crazy stories. That's what happened to us. And here's what's crazy. That very house that was given to us, we were able to use that, that equity to help launch this church. And, and just to see the perspective, just to see what God does, we felt like God was saying, do you trust me? Do you love me? What amount do you trust me at? What amount do you love me at? And we wrestled with that. And I'm going to be very honest. It, it, um, it's honestly still scary for us. I mean, we, we gave it all away, right? So we're middle-aged now. We're middle-aged, and we're thinking more about college. We're thinking more about, are we going to live in an RV? Um, those of you that are like money financial gurus, you're like Dave Ramsey would probably not advise that. I'm like, I know, but Dave's not the Bible completely. He might, he's kind of sort of like God a little bit. Anybody know Dave Ramsey? Anyway, so, um, so, but it was honestly scary. It's still scary for us. We're human. We, we, we're, we talked today about what we would be doing in our, our portion of helping our church make a difference in this city and the world. And, and Christy reminded me about our kids. And I think about my oldest daughter who, who has uh, become a very generous little girl. Um, I found out through my wife, I wasn't there, that she's, uh, she's been at a swim meet last couple weekends, different meets up in Atlanta, made state and swim at Georgia Tech. And last weekend, um, while she was swimming at state, um, you know, we gave her money and she's eating out with, you know, her friends and different parents are all gathering together and she wanted to pay for her friend's food, and the other dad would not let her do that. And so she wanted to arm wrestle this other adult man for the bill. I'm like, that's my girl. And she won. She won and paid for the meal. And I'm like, that's my girl. That's my girl. And I find out that she's, she's sending text messages to all her swim friends saying, you know what? You had a bad time. Don't worry about it. God loves you. I love you, I'm your friend, I'm for you. And I'm seeing how, how the value of generosity is playing out spiritually in my daughter's life. My son, who's 10 now, two years ago, <laughs> two years ago, he's eight years old. And, and we, we, we were getting, we were worried like he's going to be the son that won't be the generous one in the family. He's a penny pincher. He is a money counter. He's, he ought to be, he ought to be in banking because he would know exactly how much you would have he, to tell us how much I have. I don't even know what income I have or don't have right now. But my son knows. And all the money that he'd saved and what people had given him and things, jobs he'd done, and he, he's a money earner, saver kind of kid. He'd amassed a decent little amount of savings for an 8-year-old, right? And um, what's crazy is my, my daughters want to borrow money from him all the time. He makes them pay interest on them. I mean, he's shrewd. He's shrewd. So we were, we were getting nervous. J.D., uh, he might be someone that's, that has to work and struggle through this generosity piece. He might, like, fall in love with his stuff and forget what it's really there for. He might fall in love with his stuff, and it might own him rather than him owning it. And so we, we, we hadn't said anything to him. 
But somehow he heard about a, 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 an end-of-the-year gift offering we, had do, we were doing. And on that Sunday, J.D. shows up and finds a bucket somewhere. We don't even know about this. But records show my son was in the top 20% of money givers on that particular Sunday a couple years ago. And I'm like, so we're scared. So we're nervous. We don't know what the future looks like. But look what God is doing in my kid's life. And although I might get weak in the knees when we've gone out and gone bold and gone big, but it's proven over and over and over and over in our lives. I'm not the one to be trusted. He is. I'm not the one in control. He is. And when it comes to our stuff, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to God's love and us knowing it, it comes really down to a challenge. If you and I want to dial up the level of love, if you and I want to dial up the level of trust that we have in God and what we know about, then it really can be done through generosity. I don't say that just so we have a spike today, although I hope we do. I hope it's awesome. But here's, what I'll, here, here's my heart to yours. God doesn't want your money. He wants your hearts. As a pastor, you know, this is, this is not a, a steak knife cell where all of a sudden we never see each other again. I'm your pastor. I'm your friend. I'm in this with you. If you're a guest today, I, I'm just, I'm a regular guy who wants people to know Jesus. The, I, I know that this is a, this is a hang-up for many of us. I know that, that, that I have lots of hang-ups in my life. You and I, we have hang-ups. I've shared many of mine with you before. You know I have all types of like fears, insecurities, problems, things that I'm still working through, sin that I'm wrestling through. But here's the, cool, here's the cool thing about God's love and His grace. His grace. God says to us in our deficiencies, in our handicaps, in our hang-ups, bring those to me. God says, you're fearful about money? Let me help you with it. Start somewhere and let me show you that I can be trustworthy. The grace is, God says, if you know what, don't be pressured in doing that. If you don't do it today, I have grace for that. If you say, I'm not, I'm not doing it, I'm, I'm kind of kicking and screaming, let me out of here, God's got grace for that. But I'm just saying, if you want to dial up the love, you want to dial up the trust, start by being generous. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would have each of us here exactly the way you want this to be heard today in our hearts. Lord, thank you so much that you did love us enough that you sent Jesus the perfect gift that solves life's biggest problems, sin, sorrow, death. We thank you, Jesus, for giving yourself as a gift to us. We thank you, God, that you modeled sacrifice, that you modeled generosity. God, I pray that you would use this church to be a church that's generous. God, let that be us, that we're so generous that our faith is through the roof, that we're so generous that we know your love like nothing else. God, I pray for those of us that are, that are stuck and have been stuck sort of outside this conversation. 
God, I pray that you would just gently nudge. So there be, there be some steps, some new steps of faith today to learn, to be generous, and dial up the love and dial up the grace. Trust. Amen. They care about your eternity. They care about the quality of your life here on earth. And so you just watch as some people who call my church home demonstrate that it is an honor to sacrifice for God and his church. If you um, are being nudged by God to participate, there's an offering envelope in the seat back in front of you, and it explains the ways that you can get involved and participate if God leaves you to do that. If not, like Jeff says, our God is a gracious God, and he will take time with you, and he'll continue to pursue your heart until he gets you where he wants you to be. So would you stand up and join us as we celebrate the Christ of Christmas in these very special ways of worshiping today?